United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Dr. Speck, good morning. Good morning. Give us the overview on Nicaragua and the region. What's happening there? Well, Nicaragua, um, the, the region in general has um, faced a, a, is going through a, a process of democratic backsliding, we might say, leaning toward authoritarianism. And Nicaragua has gone further than any other country. Uh, Nicaragua, now Daniel Ortega, had, uh, was elected last year after throwing most of uh, the major opposition candidates in jail. Now he's he's shut down um, uh, many NGOs, uh, basically crushed independent civil society. And now he's taking on the Catholic Church, which was one of the few independent institutions left in the country. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> it actually seems somewhat unthinkable taking on the Catholic Church in Nicaragua. To what end and how is he succeeding? Well, it is amazing that he has taken on the church because Nicaragua is um, a very, a quite fervently Catholic country. Um, and uh, the church in the past has been actually asked by the government to mediate. Uh, but he has apparently decided many, some priests um, have criticized the government for its repression and urged Although they've rejected violent protests, they they are urging um, the government to move toward democracy, to restore democratic uh, right, space in the country. Um, and most recently, one of the most um, outspoken uh, prelates in Nicaragua, the Bishop of Matagalpa, uh, was recently arrested. He'd been under house arrest for two weeks. Um, and then the, the government finally got tired of that and moved in to take him out of his house, uh, put him under house arrest in Managua and sent a number of other uh, priests with him um, to El Chipote, which is a rather notorious prison in Managua. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Ortega also banned religious processions. How are the people responding to this? Well, it's hard to say that people are very much intimidated. There's certainly outrage on the part of the Nicaraguans who can speak out, but most of Nicaraguans who can speak out are, in fact, in exile. Um, there are tens of thousands of exiles in Costa Rica now, and, of course, many um, in other countries, including the United States. So he has, he even several months ago, he shut down dozens, I think it was 200 um, NGOs withdrew their their the license that they need to operate, claiming that they were foreign agents or hadn't filed the proper financial uh, reports. So he has um, taken drastic steps to consolidate his rule and to quash any dissent at all. Authoritarianism, not just for Europe anymore. Uh, Dr. Right. Speck, what about other countries in the region? Are they following this lead? Seems to be working for Ortega. Well, that's the thing. I, the, 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 the problem and what the fear of, of activists, media and other countries, not only the fear, the reality for them is that other countries have done the same thing. Following Ortega's lead, not necessarily because they agree with him. He, he's an outlier. The other uh, governments, uh, with possible exception of Honduras, but they're, they're not leftist. Um, and even in Honduras, it's definitely kind of a center-left government. Uh, but in Guatemala, uh, the, the president is conservative. Um, in El Salvador, Bukele is a populist. 
They don't share Ortega's ideology, but they look at Nicaragua and they see what Ortega has been able to get away with, that he's been able to defy the international community, most particularly the United States. He's survived sanctions. And so other countries are, presidents are consolidating their power, also taking action against the media and NGOs um, and uh, defying uh, U.S. sanctions. Uh, more than a dozen Guatemalans facing sanctions. Is that from the United States? Yes. Well, the the United States has tried to be careful with its sanctions. It's generally um, imposing targeting in individuals. So in Guatemala, it has targeted some of the judges and prosecutors who have um, uh, uh, been throwing opposition leaders, or been pressuring the opposition, and also have are accused of corruption. Um, uh, Guatemala had been a, 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 a had had taken gone further in anti-corruption um, efforts with its international commission a few years ago. Now it's gone in the opposite direction. So uh, the United States has targeted individuals, but it has not imposed blanket sanctions on Guatemala. It's also targeted uh, top officials in the El Salvadoran government. What would a constructive role by the U.S. in this region look like? You know, there's no easy role for the United States. It has to balance um, uh, 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 measures against those who are corrupt and those who are uh, repressive. Um, but it also has to offer something positive. So far, the the policy of the United States seems to rely or at least publicly relied largely on sanctions. Of course, we're a major source of, of bilateral aid for uh, these countries, but it needs to do a much better job of communicating the benefits of democracy. And that's unfortunately what is happening in the region. It's still very poor, very unequal, and people don't see democracy as helping their lives. Right. Are, are the benefits of democracy more obvious when uh, the economy is flourishing? Yes, obviously, COVID has been devastating for Latin America in general and Central America in particular. But even before that, it, it's it's a country with horrific inequalities. These are very poor countries. Um, and in Guatemala, um, particularly, uh, the indigenous population, which is about 40% of the population, is desperately poor in comparison to um, the mixed or Ladino population. Seems a grim business. Where do you think this is heading? It's really hard to say. Um, I don't think um, the United States has been trying to emphasize more positive efforts. I think it the U.S. government realizes it needs a new approach. But obviously, uh, Central America has never been at the top of the U.S. agenda. Mm -hmm. um, efforts to, for example, provide vaccines um, seem to be, um, and, and we've done quite a bit to do things like provide humanitarian aid and vaccines, but um, they're not publicized, they're not understood. Uh, when we do the right thing, we don't get credit. And then um, when we sanction, um, we provoke outrage. So it's it's a delicate balance. I think in the, we can only play the long game, and that is to try to help these economies recover, reach out to the people, even as we sanction the corrupt actors in the elite. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.